You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Ah, Guess who wrote that? (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, uh, uh, thanks, Bob. And uh, before Bob was Mark Grimes, our our producer. And, um, boy, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, motherfuckers, live from downtown portland oregon on another wet beautiful wet portland day and uh we're here today as you know lad and i are going to be uh moving on we may be on the show from time to time but fortunately um we will have new guests and i think they are new hosts and i think these guys are going to be really great so um that's in the works and so Stay tuned for that. Well, you know, Mark's still going to be here. Mark will be here. Yes, Mark. In fact, going nowhere. In fact, Mark will be um, will be hosting partly. Yes, so, he will. Yeah, but we have somebody else. Hopefully, uh, a special special, a special guest. guest, special guest host. You know why they? Could, you know why he's a special guest? Because uh, he won the Special Olympics. He did. And that's that's cool. He did. Yeah, that's cool. Somebody's yeah. got to high jumping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> somebody. <got it. laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, we're here down. We're, uh, once again, uh, what we do is we we interview ex felon entrepreneurs. Generally, sometimes we uh, interview ex felon people who are successful in other ways, and we have a blast doing it. Uh, because generally, when these guys are ex knuckleheads, so their sense of humor is right there with Lad and mine. That's right, right there at the very bottom. You know what <laughs> it's all about. <laughs> today, today we have a really special guest. Um, this dude is Doug Van Zant, and Doug Van Zant is workforce specialist with Children, Family, and Community Services, or Children, Family, and Community Connections, which is a division of Health, Housing, and Human Services in Clackamas County. Doug works with clients who have been recently released from prison and jail. The goal of the program is to increase self-sufficiency through obtaining career path employment. Doug has worked in social services for 17 plus years. Before working in Clackamas County, he made a name for himself with Bridges to Change and LifeWorks Northwest. You see, I, I changed the bio just a little bit. You're good. It still, it still covers it, though, right? Yeah. Doug helps break down barriers for ex-felons by using evidence-based practice and personal experience from his own incarceration to help transform his clients and make a positive impact on the community. Clients, co-workers, partners, and employers can expect 100% transparency as Doug shares his personal experience with incarceration and life change. In his work, 
Doug walks his clients through the process of obtaining employment using humor, life skills, and confidence-building techniques. The program's clients experience Doug's unique brand of enthusiasm and can-do attitude while learning about personal accountability, work ethic, and teamwork. Doug regards the client as the most important person, and he believes people do change if given the tools to do so. He also volunteers at various self-help events by donating his time to give back that which was freely given to him when he started his journey. And one more thing, lad, uh, not lad, Doug is an avid sports fan. Let's, talk with, let's start with that. Okay. Well, you know what, Dave, before we get to Doug, hey. uh, you, you realize that Doug's head is big here. enough... And after you said all that stuff, I'm this little studio is getting really crowded. You didn't know all that about Doug, did you? I, I did. I uh, thought he used to be the lead singer for Leonard Skinner. I, I wish he, he used to be, but he's shorter now. <laughs> <laughs> he can't reach. He can't reach the microphone. Anymore. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, this is great right here, though. So tell us. Let's talk a little bit about sports before we get going here. What is your uh, What is your favorite sport? What What do you like to do in sports? Um, I like. Um, I'm I'm all in on pro sports. I, I'm a diehard Blazer fan. Yeah, attend, me too. attend, we all are. attend numerous games there. Um, um, I can't wait for the season to start. Me too. And I'm a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan, also. Right on. So yep, yep, yep. attend attend lots of their games, also. Great. So we uh, we're all on the same page there. That's a great start. We're on a good. <laughs> I. You know, um, you know. What do you think about Damian Lillard? Isn't he? Isn't Damian, he a hell of a leader? Damian Lillard is 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 a Portland guy. You know, he uh, lives and dies by our franchise, and always willing to whatever it takes to make the team win. What an example, though, as a as a leader, don't you think? Uh, for a leader, for him, also one thing I really like about him, he's always giving back to to the youth in the community, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, Always wanting to be part of the solution, not the problem. Yeah. And he lives his life the way it's supposed to be. He's lived. a real man. Yeah. yeah. A real human being. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into your story a little bit. Let's go back uh, where it all began. So, you know, I was, I was raised in a very dysfunctional type family. And, uh, um, you know, I made some numerous horrid choices let's talk about how old were you oh probably 14 now before this what you know what were you decent in school Uh, yeah very decent yeah um i i i channeled my uh dysfunction into sport sports i was a wrestler played football played baseball a little too short to play basketball but i played Mm -hmm. um and uh that's how i how i focused myself without my my family dysfunction going on okay and so this leads to it leads to um drug use alcohol use so you had dysfunction but you didn't really have a criminal family no 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 criminal family whatsoever um um i had an older brother that was in the same footsteps um he also did the same thing i did sports and um and Did he go off the rails too? Or? Yeah. Oh, yes. And he, he how's he doing now? Uh, better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we get into that later, maybe. But um, that's cool. I I love to you know hear people making progress. Right. right. So 
as far as your story went, when did you start getting in trouble? It was like you started shooting dope, probably you're 14 or 15, something like that. Um, so my, uh, I had, uh, I started using drugs, uh, 14, 15, um, never really, um, thought I had any issues yeah. like we all do. Yeah. Um, everybody's in denial about that. Yeah. And consequently, you know, I spent 24 years of my life either in, um, treatment centers, mental health facilities, psych wards, treatment, prison. 24 years. 24 years prison, jail, um, psych wards, treatment centers. It's got us all beat. Yeah. In a a period of time. And then, uh, you know, I was released from prison June 28, 2002. Fantastic. And that's uh, 17 years outside. Yep. And uh, in my incarceration time, I used to prepare myself for my gate. See, this is the kind of stuff we're always talking about on this show and everything I talk about when I when I talk to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about that preparation inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, mm-hmm. that's where you start. Right. You know, and that's where you keep going. And, and something kind of, kind of really crucial, I, I say this all the time. So when I was at R&D being released on June 28, 2002, if somebody would have asked me in R&D, so what are you going to be doing? I, I wouldn't, I, if they would have said, hey, you're going to be working for Clackamas County and helping people get their act together. When Help you them. didn't, when you were still trying to get yours together, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and you know I, know, I know that I had a plan to never hear chow or yardline again. Mm-hmm. That, was my, that was my only goal set that, and when I walked out of there. So you didn't have like a... A dream or anything. You just you just said I I've had enough. Yeah, and I walked out of prison on June twenty two thousand two with a twenty five dollars subsidy check. I had twenty five sw- bucks was that was, was real money back then. Back then, yes, <laughs> not really. I had uh, I had shower shoes on because I didn't have no shoes. I get I I wore out my purchased shoes that I got in there, and I had a pair of sweats, and I had a bus ticket to get to my parole department in Washington County, and. Uh, that's it, and I, and I showed up, and I was willing to make a, all the choices that I needed to do to get my life right back on track. What was the first thing that you did? Where did you live? Where did you stay? I had to I had to stay at the restitution center in Washington County. Um, they called it tea lodging back then. Okay. And uh, so uh, yeah, and uh, and my my goal was. How long were you there? And what? what? Thirty-three days. Thirty-three days. <laughs> and you got a job during got that a time. Got a job. Got a job at a warehouse, make in uh, in a computer warehouse, um, pulling computer parts, which is totally not my trade. But I, I was willing to do whatever it took to get my life back on track. Got to do that. Yeah. Um, I was able to um, transition from the restitution center to um, an Oxford house in Hillsborough, where my recovery really took off from then on. Fantastic. So, um, when you said that wasn't your trade, and, and I, I think it's was, much of anybody's trade. I worked in the automotive field all my okay. whole life. <laughs> so, I, did when, you do that in OSP and stuff? Too? When I, no, no, no. Nope. I was, uh, yeah, I, I was a. Where did you do your time at? Everywhere. Career? Let's see. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. I, I moved. I moved around. Did a you lot. ever go to Snake? No. Okay, so you, you weren't one of us. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of us. What does that mean? Special guys. <laughs> so, I'm a snake guy. So my, my, so my, You're a snake. I never made it there either. Actually, my, same, yeah. my favorite institution. Gay guys don't get it over there. My, my favorite institution was OSCI. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I enjoyed OCI. Um, I was able to program there and do some other things. Is that where you met Lad? Uh, Lad was there, yes, he yes, was. Yes, I was. Yes, yes, he was. I'm sorry. So that really ruined your time for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it was. It was uh, I'm grateful for the things that I have, and I'm not ungrateful for things I don't have. And it, that, and that's my mindset. That's just amazing, man. I mean, that that's you, you, the things you say are the things that I've learned that matter and make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I forgot to mention that today in the studio we have the wonderful and talented Mark Daly. Woohoo! Yeah, can you hear me? And of course we have Lad, and I didn't mention that Lad was here. I am here today. And then we have Alan, as usual, on the controls. I'm always here today. Friday the 13th, always $13 here all tattoos. Yeah. Is it the 13th? Friday the 13th. Oh, it is. We do like these crazy tattoo specials. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The Murder Inc. Midget, Amanda Leprosis, who's also in sobriety. She's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying get over there and get a tattoo? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's going to be pandemonium. <laughs> that's, what, that's what tattooed people like. Yes. So, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful today because you know I get to be on the radio station to help the the people uh, take awareness of what what people can do if they get an opportunity to change their life. The cool thing about this is this will be uh, available forever you know so um the things that you say today whoever they whoever hears them today can benefit and everybody that listens to this thing in the the future um i could i feel like i'm talking to someone who uh thinks the same way as i do and so i almost know what your answers are going to be but i love to hear them through your lens okay uh for instance, okay, you, at this point, you got out 33 days at the tea place or the Washington, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rest, they called it a restitution center. I lived in my mom's garage. Yeah. So that, you know, uh, and it was fine. It was great. Mm-hmm. I was happy. Uh, so how long did it take you to feel like you, first, oh, first of all, how did you get a place to live? So, um... Of course, I'm working minimum wage, which I've never done before either. That was a new thing. Um, I've always done pretty well. As a, but it was more than you were getting paid in prison. Uh, yeah, like I think I made $41 a month in prison. Yeah. You know, Doug, when I, when I first got out, I had a minimum wage job. You know, and right. after doing 20 years, dude, I, I was never that happy in my life. <laughs> I mean, I would. And they had a wage. cheap place to like, live. Whatever, man. I was, I was, I was riding my bike to work. Yep. And I would, you could just big old smile. People, what are you smiling about? <laughs> so, so uh, for me, so I got an Oxford house, and so I had to get up at like at three thirty in the morning and walk twenty two minutes to catch the the max in Hillsboro, and then I had to, to just to be able to get to work on time. Yeah, and, and, but I was willing to do that. Well, not only that, I bet you were just kind of uh, sort of in a state of joy. Absolutely no. I was I was extremely happy that my new life began. Yeah, and I know I I know by you know being in the rooms the self help rooms that you know it it gave me a lot of hope, and it also gave me an opportunity to see what I could do as long as I was willing to make that change and also be you know in in faith, in touch with a higher power to, to my understanding and also. Um, 
do the next right thing one day at a time. I feel the humility and acceptance coming from you. I love that. Um, we need to take a little break, and we'll be back with Doug Van Zandt. CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. So we're here back with uh, Doug Van Zandt and... Where we were at, we were talking about where he's at, uh, you know, at this point, um, this was 17 years ago, he got out and went to work within the first month, got a minimum wage job, found a place to live, right? Now, I, I didn't quite get yes. that. What, what happened then? So, so I got in an Oxford house, um, and my goal was to, you know, keep taking care of myself because um, I've always been a guy that's all even in the past years it's always been a guy um, I'd rather t- I like focus on trying to help other people so I want to make sure that my, my myself is right first and so yeah, too. yeah so um, I just kept one foot in front of the other um, success I, I got it I had so when you first get out of prison you know you got these aftercare treatment groups you need to go to and you got mentoring programs that you're involved in and the light took off mm-hmm. you know um i got to i got to hear the power of story of people that are doing things that got the similar background as myself and that are being successful and the roadmap was kind of like already like starting to form mm-hmm. And I knew that each day would not be the super easiest because we have we have stuff happens. I mean, people, you know, people don't forgive us right away. That's true. Um, people like to hold on to resentments. And how but you I, had forgiven yourself at this point. Yes, that's a good that's, start. That's it. Yeah, because uh, there was only you know I felt like I was on ground zero when I got out. You know, and it was pretty humility coming in, coming out of prison with a twenty five dollar subject check, wearing a pair of shower shoes and sweatpants. <laughs> And not knowing what the future hold, I, I knew that I wanted to be successful. They dressed I, you out in shower shoes. Yeah, that's because I I threw my uh, R and D shoes away because I wore them out walking the track. Wow, nice. Yeah. So I remember that track. Yeah, yeah, wore them out. I did, used to do sixty laps every uh, every uh, yard line. Yeah, right on. Yeah. yeah, just get out there and walk. That's all. That's another part of our recovery is. Uh, Exercise, you yeah, absolutely. So Lads yeah, and, start doing that. So yeah, so I got out. So I wanted to, I wanted to follow all protocols, and I also wanted to, to ha- have a well life. And what I meant by a well life, I keep making the right decision and the proper decision. Um, I was able to have a lot of support in my support groups, and through a sponsor, through another program, um, and uh, I was 
I successfully completed all my requirements with probation and parole. Um, did my treatment, paid my fines, working. You must have been around 40 or so, maybe uh, a little older. Uh, 38. A little younger, I mean. 38. <laughs> I'm a little, a little older. Yeah. So obviously, Doug, that's that's where you got introduced uh, to Bridges to Change. So, yeah, so after I completed all those things with uh, with Washington County with aftercare and mentoring program graduate, I kept going back and volunteering my time. If I, I mean, my life was this, go to work, what can I do to help myself? Um, I didn't sleep much. I, I worked, you know, I worked out. I went and I volunteered and and some and you know I got noticed by by always stepping up and being there early you know whether whether it mean make coffee for a group whether you know help people with bus tickets so that they can get to things or whatever um, whatever I had it was freely given to me I was always ready to freely give it back yeah so it, you know and it, and and it felt good to be able to help somebody you know because a lot of times when we get out it it feels pretty hopeless sometimes. And I didn't. I didn't want anybody to suffer, let alone myself. So I wanted to really be focused on helping myself, so I could help other people. And I got recognized for doing that. And uh, one day, the uh, uh, Washington County called me and said, "Hey, we want you to interview for uh, a position as a mentor to help people." And I'm, go- I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I need a mentor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had I had a whole bunch of mentors you that did. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so um, I applied, and it was the scariest thing in the, that I've ever done. I, so I had to do a panel interview with uh, police officers, uh, district attorneys, and other people sitting in the room during the interview process. Anyway, I got hired. Now, and this, and this is, was, where'd you hire, get hired as? Uh, a mentor for... Um, Bridges? To work, no, this is for LifeWorks Northwest. Oh, before Bridges. Yeah, and um, so my job was to help people just being released from prison and jail to help them with everything from get their first food box, food stamps, help them get clothing, and then focus on a career. And yeah. I imagine there's a lot of folks that, that work in that field who don't who don't have the the passion and you know consider it cons- you know your attitude that you had so so the biggest thing was for me is it, it's funny it, and it still happens today and you know, even though i've been doing this for a while now is i see myself in every single person that i help mm-hmm. and i want you know i know what the what when the light came on for me if i could just you know help somebody make a difference in somebody's life in just the littlest way to get started it gives them that little glimmer of hope so that they can start their journey i totally relate to that with me though i found that um my my field of people is too big and so i there's no way i can help them all individually so i i like to what i what i try to do is scale my knowledge and you know my experience so that i can help more people but when people say, oh, I need your help specifically, it's hard for me to do that because right. the time is just not there. Yeah. Well, that's why it's good for like this show and other things. Yeah. You, know, you can get out there to That's what you're doing people. right now. Yeah. yeah, you're getting a chance to speak to a lot of people, hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's important, you know, um, um, with today's society, I think it's super important to be available for people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my greatest feeling is when I get to work with somebody and, and see them overcome. Um, and we have so many barriers in our life. 
And when I first get these people that are uh, referred to me, um, they have all these things going on in their life. And uh, if I can just if I can just use my personal story and my experience to help them accomplish one thing right off the bat, it that makes it it's successful. Yes, that's right. It, because yeah. um, success is like a flower. Once you start getting some success, it starts blooming. Yeah. That's true. Well, that was my experience. Uh, You know, I felt successful. I was successful because my mind, in my mind, I was successful way before Dave's kind of bread. And, you know, getting out of prison, I was just, I was already, I already had some successes. I was blooming, you know, from my experience of asking for help and then having the good fortune of going to a, uh, into a trade uh, computer drafting while I was in prison. So I was just on a roll already. I got out and Dave's Killer Bread was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, so, but I, I told, you know, I say that because success is not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about that kind of success. It's, you know, I was happier. I was, I was as happy as I could get before Dave's Killer Bread. So it was hard to get happier. And then I, I made the mistake of celebrating. Mm. <laughs> ah, I won't do that again. No, no more celebrate. Well, well, it's our kinda. well, Dave. It's it's our personal experiences that that always are, we're always making us more aware that way. It's amazing that I had to go through it again. You didn't have to. I mean, it was different, but, right? But I had to. I had to have another fall. Mm-hmm. You apparently have done well this whole time, or do you want to talk about any failures you've had? I, I've I've experienced a couple things, and uh, you know I. I, I made sure that I kept kept my side of the street clean and took care of business. Um, but you know, I the so the scope of the work that we both do, obviously, you know, our power of our stories to to help somebody just come in back or rather starting their journey, you know, and it it's so important for people to understand what we have to go through to get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's not, not easy. It's no, not, no, not every day. And they need to know that. Yeah, and you know, there's 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 going to be life struggles hit us, and it's what it's it's it, with our personal experience that we've had to deal with all the things that's hit us before, um, and we kept getting back up, and so now we have a little bit more of a, a knowledge of what we have to look out for. Yes, you know, and uh, and that's I kinda, and if we don't if we don't know it all if if we haven't figured that out then we're going to find out again. No, we don't know. We yeah. don't we don't know. It could happen tomorrow. Yeah. You know, um, but the the thing is, um, we have we have goals we need to achieve. We got people that we, that we have people that we need to help in our lives. Yeah, and we you know we, and we have we we want to make I for me I want to make a difference in my community. Yes, I mean. I want everybody to to live, yeah. and I want everybody to live at a livable wage job, um, you know. And and as far as you know, working with Clackamas County and all the stuff that you know, the the support I get from uh, parole and probation is just amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got out, it wasn't like that. Yeah, it was yeah. like that was like, like here's a bus very, ticket. Very punishment. Yeah, it's oriented. like like here's a bus ticket. You'll get a job. Pay your fees. Yeah, you're still a bad person. Yeah, right. I don't believe in you. Right. You're fucked. Yeah, but so so now with the, the, the great partnerships that we have, Clackamas County is like cutting edge, I feel. Mm. Um, I got great support through the the top top of the hill, which is uh, the, all the directors, down to the commissioners, down to probation and parole, 
to our great partners at the at the college that we can that we actually have able to be able to provide services for people to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that didn't happen. I mean, we got a transition center that has all kinds, all kinds of resources. It's a, How did this all come about? I mean, uh, Cla- um, I, I believe I believe Clackamas County's roadmap was um, how do we make Clackamas County a great place to live in a safe community? Mm. Why don't we offer services that can help people rather than punish people? That's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, like I said, I... But there's I, a lot of accountability, I hope. There's a lot of accountability. Absolutely, yeah. It's not just... It's just I noticed you mentioned accountability in your, uh, yeah. your information. Yeah. Well, so, so this is my accountability. So, obviously, you can tell I love my job. Mm. I can't wait to get to work. You know, uh, I can't wait to see my first client of the day. Um, and I, I have a... My, sty- my style, I feel, is... From my personal experiences, I don't feel unique. I don't feel better than. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm when my client comes in to see me, we're on equal playing ground. As all as all I can do is, I been I've been to the horse trough. I had my head stuck in there. I, I'm trying to prevent that happening to them. Yeah, you're just being real. Yeah, and uh, you are. But, uh, yeah, but it's amazing, you know, through community corrections and everybody, um, the support. Man, I, I'm just overwhelmed with all the supports I get. I can call a probation officer, and we case plan, and the probation officer. I mean, it's all about trying to help the client succeed. Yeah. The community college, we get all kinds. You got re- some help from these guys at some point, didn't you? Lad's been, hel- helped, yeah. a, lad's been helped a lot. Yeah. I need more help. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, can I get a bus pass? And you cannot. No, no yeah, we're, we're going to save it for people. We, I'm going to give it to somebody that really needs one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So you do, you do discern, you do uh, discriminate against people who have money, right? Uh, yeah, like Lad, <laughs> yes. Lad, you got to, Lad, you wouldn't qualify. Yeah. Yeah. What about Alon? Can Alon get a? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can help him out. Yeah, I'm pretty economically challenged nowadays. <laughs> if you're if you're counting on money from this gig right here, yeah, I, I'm, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, I've been a musician long enough to know that yeah. how that game goes. He chooses all the the worst possible career paths for making money. Somehow, I still eat. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, one thing one thing that I really want to talk about too is. Uh, um, how the uh, impact is for the employers. Uh, That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the employers are, uh, you know, I, I've been able to build a lot of employer relationships over the years, and um, a lot of the feedback I get from employers is that, hey, um, what can they do for me today? I don't really care what they've done in the past, but can they show up on time? Can they actually work eight hours, and can they can they work hard? I got a question about that. I mean, that's ama- that's really a big deal because, as a former employer and as an employee, mm-hmm. uh, I went through making a lot of mistakes as an employer, picking the wrong people and having people sent to me that mm-hmm. weren't screened, right? And just making choices because we were hiring so fast, we ended up hiring. But you know what? In the long run, it was really great for us. Mm-hmm. But you want employers, I believe, to to kind of know that up front. You know, that look, you got to do your homework. I'm going to send you good people. Mm-hmm. I've already screened these guys, and they're, you know, I think these people are good candidates. So, yeah. 
Well, what about that, Well, so, so I just want to tell you one story when I first got in this field. Um, so I had an employer, great company, had been perfect for fit their their job description fits a lot of my guys, and I kept going in there, and he kept he kept on going. Why would you hire? Why would I hire you guys? I said, okay, this, and then he goes, no, you know what? I'm not interested. And so to me, no means come back tomorrow. <laughs> I'm I'm not scared to be told no. I've been told no, obviously, quite a few times in my life, but but I want I I believe in my clients abilities to do these jobs so i'm gonna keep so i can get told no and not get no resentments because i get i get it you know but so i kept coming back back to him and and finally one day i i came in and he had a couple of regular employees that never been in trouble before not show up for work mm. and, that I, was, and that was my perfect end mm-hmm. yeah so right anyway, on in. anyway he ended up he ended up hiring one of my guys and now the guy's my super, uh, supervisor there and he hires more of my guys Okay, Doug, so I, I have a question for you. So someone comes in, a guy comes in, just for example, mm-hmm. and uh, you can tell this guy isn't ready. I mean, are you just going to send him out? I mean, yeah. are you going to provide him with some other programs? In okay, order to so I'm, I'm like one of the uh, lodging firms. I leave the light on for everybody. You're like uh, Motel 6. Right, yeah. right. Um, I, I think it's important. So I never got it my first time. I never got it. I don't know how many times it took me to get it. So I want that's that's just part of the process. You know, there's a big yeah. pr- there's a process in recovery. But I got to ask you this though. Um, I skate get real. Um, you don't want to have failures when they when you send people to these uh, employers, right? I uh, no. And so, is there is there ways that you try to make sure that you're not sending people that you think so? I try. Are screw I, up? I try. I try. If if I feel they're not not ready. At that point, I keep working with them until I can work them up to that level. It's important to you, I'm sure, to have a good track record. It's important to have a good track record, but also I want—I don't want to set any client up for failure. Right. And, and I don't want to set any business up for failure. Exactly. Right. I, you know, the whole common goal here is to to keep the community in the in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, if there's so so good question. Lad. Compassion, compassion, unbridled compassion can hurt. Yeah, compassion does hurt if you don't think, if you mm-hmm. don't use your head right. So go ahead. What were you going to say? So um, you know, I I I've been very lucky and I'm very resourceful as as far as because I've been able to navigate through the system a few times myself and and understand how it works. I'm able to uh, refer them to other services first before they can might be ready. Um, so cool. Uh, but what kind uh, of services would you? Uh, so so there, there's some there's some treatment services, mental health services, um, vocational rehab type stuff. Can, can I get into those? He does need some help. Lad, you need help, bud. Uh, you can, need, can you... Uh, let me get you a re- I need a referral from your probation officer. Before we, yeah, before we go to a break, uh, I want to ask you one question. Um, do you, Have you heard of uh, Constructing Hope? Yes. You have? Yes. Have you sent anybody there? No, but I, I, I like... I, I, know what you're t- I know the program. I'm a big supporter. I've made... Uh, I'm going to... I'm ho- trying to, you know, help them get on the map so people know about them more. Uh, the more people that are sent that they they get, the more funding they get. It's right. So explain they, what it's about, Dave. Well, const- oh, no, no duh, huh? Well, you go ahead. Well, constructing hope. Um, it's a, what is a six week course. 
And what they do is they'll take anybody in there, um, and they will teach you construction. They prepare you. They They prepare you for apprenticeship programs. And they all, you know, it's on-the-job training. Depending on your adaptability or your aptitude and so forth, uh, you can get up. You know, electrician is a great job, but not everybody can do it. Right, right. But everything from there all the way down to construction labor, uh, this program works. And right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm if it if it's a if it's a program that'll work, I'm always. But here's well, the thing: is what he's talking about is you know preparing somebody. So you get somebody in your office. You know this would be a perfect thing for you because you get somebody in your office. You don't think they're prepared, mm-hmm. not only you know mentally or, or physically or whatever, but but they have to have a good they're, attitude. They're not prepared because they're they don't going to have, have to skills. have a good attitude to begin with. Though. They don't have the skills mm-hmm. to do it right. Right. So maybe this is something that you can do. Hey, look, you know, why don't we get you into this program, get you some skills, and then you come back and we'll see if we can get you a job. Just mm-hmm. some basic, because some of these people, a lot of people, as you know, never really had a job, right. you know, and if they did, they fucked it off every time. Mm-hmm. Now, so if you have, um, you know, somebody that's ready to go, mm-hmm. this could be a great opportunity for them. Absolutely. It's not a good opportunity for somebody who's still making excuses and right. blaming everybody. Yeah, because that so, won't work. So I I think that's important too. You know, I, I I think I think another market that really needs to be really taken a look at is the youth programs. Okay, we'll come back to that in one second. Yeah, we have a break to get to. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startupradio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and you get a hundred and fifty dollar credit. All right, so we're back with Doug Van Zant, and uh, we were talking. We just started touching on uh, youth, and you know, we all know that if you get get them while they're young, that's the best time. You know, we all we want to help everybody, but if you get them while you're young, that that's exponential, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, a lot of a lot of stuff can happen from a transformed youngster. So tell me about what what you're passionate about there. So I think you know I, I see a lot. I have a lot of clients that come to me that go to prison and and go to McLaren first and go to prison and are released to me at 20 years old and they've already done five years. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like, what's going on? Can you do something? Yeah. I mean, what? But what? My, so so they yeah. have a lot of opportunities in there. Yeah. Right? So this is this is 2020 almost. You know, let's 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 get this figured out and help help get get the root of the problem mm-hmm. started. At least get some information that we can help these people. Well, so you, you're talking about building a, uh, a nonprofit organization. I would just I would just want to see more. Uh, services available for youth. I love my job with Clackamas County. So you would just push that for in your Clackamas County yep. job and other things. Yep. Just try to make things try to um, try to find more opportunity for youth programs which I think that would be is, is so crucial right now. Yeah. Um, you know. Even want, before they go to right. McLaren. Right? Yeah. Let's get, let's get some help for these people that are you know. At risk kids. Right. Your, your people um, like you talk about people going to McLaren, which is a youth mm-hmm. um, detention center. Right. 
uh, I know a lot of those guys, and the thing is, I see a lot of them coming out pretty good, you know, right. because they do seem to have some good programs in there if you're ready, if you want to take them. Right. And so, so they do have more opportunity for the youngsters in prison than they do for the for the adults. Mm-hmm. But we don't want them to go there in the first place. Right. So, what would you do to make that happen? Oh, you know. I don't. I don't have all the answers no, to okay. that. But uh, but what I in general, how would what would your approach be? I want some second chance youth movement programs. You know, that can uh, that can uh, that they can they can get on to help eliminate their fur- their previous process to start over. So you're talking about mental training, probably. Yeah. The, the, so so mental health really needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of untreated. Um, yeah, and who wants to admit they have a mental, that they're mentally ill? Nobody. Yeah. But I, the best thing I ever did was admit it. Right. You know, changed right. my life. So right. I just like, hey, dude, a, I won't even get into, Lad and I both know people that really could use some help and will never admit mm-hmm. that, in fact, right. Lad's one of those people, that will I, never admit that I he's know. got a problem in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm powerless, but I'm not. I I'm, got a problem? I, I'm, I'm not powerless over the decisions I make. Sometimes I'm powerless, you know. But um, like I said, the, the the I think that's huge importance right now. Um, you know, like at Clackamas County, you know, like I said, it's a it's the a great place to live, a great place to work. Um, they have some phenomenal programs and the support. Like I said, that I I personally get from from my supervisor clear up to the. Clackamas County Commissioner's Office down to the, you know, probation and parole. I mean, the programs are there and they're working in people's lives. So how can we how can we possibly move on to get the youth started so that we can benefit the youth growth moment, you know, so they don't have to experience what we experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, that's I, the goal. I mean, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. I want. I, I want to see these people getting the services they need. Um, like I said, the admit. Admit. Nobody wants to admit yeah. that. Yeah, you yeah. know, but especially at that age. Yeah, but you know, I mean, we got cell phone advanced technology that they're so good at. You know, yeah, yeah. That, you know. But I think it's it's very crucial. To, to society to, to try and really focus on youth programs. Each human, each youngster that's turned around is is valuable because that mm-hmm. person has so much influence in their, the rest of their right. lives. And, right. you know, the damage they're going to do to their own lives, their family's lives, mm-hmm. all that stuff could be, if that could be averted somehow, wouldn't right. that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Seems like a, a dream. It's, it, yeah. I mean, but it, it can happen. And then there's, uh, there's the kids, you know, some of them just need a direction. Right. How do you how do you get them to see that? That's, you know, each one's different. I mean, right. I'm saying that rhetorically. Because um, I've spoken, I back in the day, I used to go speak to I've, thousands of kids over mm-hmm. a period of time. Mm-hmm. And some of them were like young entrepreneurs. They already like had mm-hmm. it all together, you know. And mm-hmm. some of them were all the way to just complete knuckleheads. And, right. Uh, and that's just a label, of course. But I mean, I say knucklehead, like you know, we're all knuck- we were knuckleheads, right? So how do we, uh, what would have happened? Like for me, how could I have been? How could it have not happen for me the way it did? Uh, if I had, you know, for me, just having a good 
outlook to you know to believe that I could do something more than I was able to do. I I thought I was dumb because all I knew I had this baking. I was a baker as a kid. My dad was bakers, and I didn't want to do that. And uh, we didn't make much money, so it wasn't attractive that way. And it wasn't attractive anyway because I thought it was sissy work, right? right? And I didn't have any other choices. And I didn't think that my mind was capable of grasping, you know, because I had the same like you, ADD, yeah. undi- undiagnosed. What could have been done to make me make it better? Well, if somebody had taken me under the wing and given me some direction and made, helped me to find my own way to believing in myself. Mm-hmm. Because believing in yourself is um, sounds sound all sounds well and good, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not easy to just make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, when I was a, when I was a kid, I thought I thought it was going to be going on to the NFL. <laughs> you would have been a yeah, what, yeah. running back. I was, hey, I was good at uh, football, baseball. Uh, I was a great wrestler, you know, and, and I dabbled at. What are you about basketball. five seven? Yeah, yeah, five yeah. five two. Five two. I, I was a point guard. <laughs> yeah, but I wrestled. So you know, I wrestled too, and and it's either I was going from school right to practice, and then you know, so I, that's how I filled my days. Wow. We want to make sure we we get to now. I think that what we were talking about at the end was was really close to my heart. Uh, when it comes to the kids, I super you know it's just so powerful if mm-hmm. we can change change a child, help a child or a youngster change their lives and change, it's so it's so much impact mm-hmm. so I, I really think you're onto something there I hope you're um, I'm sure you'll be successful in one way or another with that and let's stay in touch yep, uh, absolutely. because we think a lot the same way and um, we're entirely different kinds of guys I think but we have a lot of common commonality mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I've had a great time talking to you today um Despite Lad's presence, we had a pretty good show, and I know. And uh, so, you, Lad, you got anything else to say to wrap this up? No, I just I, I wanted to thank Doug for coming. You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, he just does so much in the community. It's just amazing. I, I've sent people. And he's to humble. Him. I've sent people to him, some friends and whatever, and he just immediately got him a job and and got him back on track. And he's just he's just a good guy all around. And he'll pay me later for saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, lad. So, so yeah, um, I I appreciate all you do, Dave. Also, and uh, you know, I got some ideas. Maybe we can talk off air about. Yeah, and uh, it's weird that it's been this long, but you know what? We're both so busy. I'm sure. Yeah, we're busy doing what we do. That's what we do. So when we meet somebody that thinks a lot the same way, it's kind of a nice, cool thing. Yeah. Um. We have to wrap it up, and Alon is going to beat my ass if I don't stop. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us this week and every week on uh, Felony Inc. It's uh, it's usually live at 10 a.m. on Friday Pacific time. Uh, Lad and I are moving on to who knows what to yellower pastures. Yes. Uh, but we will miss being here. Maybe we'll be back once in a while. We have some new guests or new hosts coming, and you'll know about that soon. Uh, once again, thank you. Um, thank you to Doug Van Zandt. Mark and, Grimes, Michael Coates. Well, Mark Grimes, uh, Michael Coates. Yes. Alon Bossanel. Bougenet. I should know how to say your name by now. <laughs> Uh, 
and we're done. This is it for us. And, oh, by the way, um, what is that? What am I speak Spanish? Uh, I don't know any Spanish, but up next is uh, a great group of people, Latino Hours. So. Latino Founder Hour. That's right. Thanks very much. We're out of here. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.